0: welcome to this week's Ageless Wisdom Mystery School from Los Angeles, California. I'm your host, Michael Benner. Happy to be with you again this week as we talk about the topic of equanimity, even-mindedness, or even-tempered, if you will, a kind of balanced level of expanded awareness that's available to each of us with a little bit of cultivation, a little bit of, I want to say effort, but it's really a non-effort, though intention is everything in developing the ability. And the freedom that's involved, the, when I say expanded awareness, equanimity offers us the promise of an ability to see clearly as if from an elevated perspective. So, I'll do my best to get the key principles in the first 20 minutes or so, which we podcast freely around the world. And then for those of you who are premium students who have enrolled and registered at theagelesswisdom.com, we'll extend the program, including a second program from the archives at our sister site, focusedpassion.com which we entitled at the time, Balanced and Centered. So you're really going to get two programs if you're enrolled in the premium training. And you have about a week to do that, by the way. If you hear this podcast and decide you'd like to enroll in the entire program, it'll be available until the newsletter for the following week's program come out. We do this every seven to ten days or so. And that'll give you some time to enroll, either for that single class or at a discount for a 13-week quarter or for the deepest discount for a full-year training. And you do that at our primary website, theagelesswisdom.com, the W's dot dot theagelesswisdom.com. Click on podcasts and premium training and then a second time on premium training. And with your ATM card, your credit or debit bank card, you can enroll easily and quickly in less than a minute. And an email will follow with the link that you need to either stream or download right to your computer the entire 90-minute premium training. All right. But for the podcast people, we're going to do our best to explain the basics of equanimity as well as we can in 20 minutes anyway, and that's not an easy task. This is somewhat of an esoteric concept, although certainly we're familiar as English speakers with the word equal, and the prefix of equanimity suggests equal. So, what is equal? What is equanimity? What is to be even minded or even tempered? To be, as I say, balanced or centered? Well, there's a couple of levels or a couple of degrees that we need to talk about. Basically, to be balanced and centered, to see clearly from the center of things, is really to understand the whole concept of detachment. I think the first challenge we have to address is the myth or the false belief that to be detached would mean to be uninvolved or unaffected or unappreciative. And who would want to do that? Who would want to remove themselves from the world, even if we're suffering or experiencing a high degree of discontent, you don't really want to completely go away to space out, to get to a place where everything is so neutral, so bland, so vanilla flavored that (laughs) there's really no passion or enthusiasm or anything going on. Well, that's not at all what detached means. What detached means is, well, I think of it sort of like being a spectator, let's say, at a sports contest. I'm not very good at sports. I always loved baseball. I think that's a great sport, was pretty good at that. But most other sports, certainly I'm not tall enough to play basketball. And at my age, most sports I've shall we say, outgrown, so I'm a bit of a spectator when it when it comes to college or Olympic or professional athletics. I sort of sit in the stands and watch. Some people sit at home and watch on the TV or listen on the radio to a sports contest. That's a quality of detachment, but it doesn't mean that listening is unemotional or that the game's not exciting, but it allows you, in a second sense, to hold at a distance at an arm's length the particular responses that you experience to better see them, to better understand them, to take a step back. Another example for you to consider would be if you're a young person, let's say, at a scary horror movie, and you're so caught up in the movie that you become frightened, especially as a little kid, and you've maybe never experienced anything quite as frightening as what you're watching on the silver screen in front of you. And to be able to remind yourself, hey, this is only a movie, would be Another quality of detachment, another example of this conscious ability that we deliberately put into abeyance when we go into a movie theater because we've paid our money and the whole idea is to get caught up in the way in which these shadows of colored light reflecting off the wall imitate life. But again, if it gets scary, if it gets overwhelming, if you're truly frightened as if you're experiencing some real danger, then it would be a wonderful ability to call upon that awareness that you put in abeyance and remind yourself, hey, this is really coming from a projector that's behind me and being reflected off the wall in front of me. And this is just colored light reflected off actors and sets months or years ago. And it's not going to hurt me. It's not going to harm me. I remember going just last July on the 4th of July to a fireworks display with some children And next to me was a five-year-old who somewhat remembered the fireworks the previous year when he was four years old, but was still pretty amazed by the whole experience, the colors in the sky. And while he enjoyed the experience, it was colorful, it was bright, it was loud, it was exciting. He was still somewhat afraid, understandably afraid. And he held on to me and I reassured him that he was safe I said it's high in the sky and it looks close but you're really safe it's very far away and reassured him or attempted to reassure him I at that point his father grabbed hold of him and pulled him onto his lap and it was all good at that point but like the fireworks like the movie theater like the sporting contest Life can suck us in, can draw us into the melodrama of the experience that's going on around us, at home, at work, driving in traffic, at the market, the mall, wherever we happen to be. And equanimity offers us the ability to cultivate a level of expanded awareness where we can, on demand... Even if from time to time we lose our mindful awareness of reality, we can cultivate the ability on demand to avoid getting caught up in something. I mean, if two people that you know and emotionally are attached to that you love and care about get into a squabble or a fight with each other, that can elevate your passion simply because... You know them and you care about them. Two strangers going through exactly the same experience, the exact same level of passion, using the same words with each other, it's likely you'd experience it in a very different way simply because you do not know these people and you're less likely to get involved. Again, detachment, holding life, your perception of it, At an arm's length to understand it better, not to be less involved, but to see more as if from a detached or elevated perspective. So, this is the first, and I think maybe the most important myth or false belief that we need to address about the nature of mindfulness, expanded awareness and equanimity, this idea that we're seeking a neutral position where we're not involved, when in fact to sit in the center of things is to also elevate yourself above it. You're detached in all planes, all dimensions, and you become more aware, albeit less involved perhaps, and less reactionary, less likely to be driven by reflexes or autonomic reactions, more conscious and therefore more deliberate in choosing whether you wish to respond at all and substituting a well-reasoned and even-tempered response for the typical knee-jerk reaction. I mean, the reason we call people jerks is because of their often reflexive behavior, their knee-jerk behavior, which is the result of a stimulus hitting the spine and bouncing right back to the muscle. Maybe it's a leg muscle and you jump out of the way. Maybe it's a jaw muscle and you end up saying something that you almost immediately regret and wish you hadn't said. But it never really gets to the brain until after it's already happened that kind of reflexive behavior, you know what I'm talking about, is something that we can release. It's less likely to happen as you form the intention and then cultivate and then experience the expanded awareness that we're calling equanimity. This is a key practice in Many Eastern philosophies, Buddhism in particular, that branch of Buddhism known as Vipassana or insight meditation, usually in the West it's called mindfulness, and equanimity is one of the main components. So the idea is, again, to be balanced, to sit at the center, to be more aware, not less aware, but not to be driven by the experience, so that you end up reacting like some sort of lizard with this tiny little brain. And another way of looking at it is an ability to let go of, to release, to stand outside of the fight-or-flight response, which is really what reaction and reflex is all about in this case, the idea that anything surprising or or new and unknown, or maybe even old and unknown, can sneak up on you, and because you don't really understand it very well, it just may pose some sort of danger and threaten your existence and your survival. We may not see that when we get angry at somebody. We may not recognize that our anger is born in defensiveness. We may not understand, indeed, what it is that we're even defending. When we react in this way, we just know that we're angry, and maybe, if you have some level of awareness, you recognize that fear is at the root of the anger. You can really dissemble anger and defensiveness, and if you look carefully at it, reflect upon it recognize that it comes out of frustration and irritation. It really is born of some sort of hurt and at the root, most fundamentally, fear and unawareness, confusion, contradiction, a lack of understanding, ignorance. That's a great word when we talk about fear. Fear and ignorance goes together. And to understand that fear is less about danger than what you don't know about things, whether dangerous or not, is a pretty profound wisdom. Somebody who seeks to cultivate and then initiate mindful awareness, a level of equanimity, recognizes fear as the ultimate enemy. And if it's born of what we don't know, what we don't understand, but we're not aware of then the antidote becomes awareness and ultimately that's what equanimity is from the center from a balanced point of view and from a elevated point of view that allows us to see a bigger picture conceptual understanding is born of this elevated point of view it's not only in the center it's in the center and in a sense, raised above so that you can expand your horizons. Like, imagine climbing a hill or floating up into the sky in a beautiful hot air balloon. And the higher you climb on the hill or the higher you float in the balloon, the broader are your horizons. You can see a bigger picture. You get more information. You have a more complete understanding. You not only see the present, you can embrace the past and the future, if you will. That's what equanimity is. That's one way of explaining it. Or again, holding life at an arm's length, a level of detachment that is not apathetic or not some neutral place, but a place of expanded awareness where you appreciate more not less well, that's about all the time we have for the podcast i hope you enjoy this introduction to equanimity and if you're a premium audio listener stay tuned we're going to develop this idea a little bit and also add a additional program called balanced and centered from our sister site at FocusedPassion.com. Thanks a lot for being with us. Have a wonderful week. We'll talk to you in about 7 to 10 days. This is Michael Benner in Los Angeles. Be gentle, love life, and take care of each other. So long.